0: Living Stones is a weekly conversation about living a truly Catholic life. Deacon Harold Burke Sivers and Ken Hellenius help you deepen your relationship with Christ and His Church. Discussing practical ways to grow in faith, participate more fully in the liturgy, and practice charity towards all. Hello and welcome to Living Stones. I am your co-host Deacon Harold Burke Sivers and joining me live and in person is my good friend and and buddy and the original bass player for the rolling stones ken (laughs)
1: Hellanius. ken how you doing buddy i am very well thank you deacon it's so joyful to be in person you know we rarely get to do this uh and yet not only are we together we're together at our home station modern day radio in portland oregon i've been here this past week in portland at the catholic media conference and uh i got to speak uh present a little bit about humor and things like that. And it was so joyful. Did people laugh? Uh, (laughs) We we had some chuckles. Yeah. (laughs) It was a lot of fun, actually. We had a great, great session. um, Speaking with Catholic journalists and editors and communications professionals like diocesan directors uh, of communications and freelance writers and things like that, kind of talking about really the essential thing is that we need to be people of joy. Uh, You know, Pope Francis has so much written about joy that the joy of the gospel evangelium evangelia gaudium his first encyclical the joy of love which you and I chatted about you know uh to amoris uh, Letizia together and so we we talked about joy and we talked about uh, then ways to employ humor appropriately the type of humor that does not cut one down the type of humor that actually helps express the charity and the hope that we have received in Christ that was what i got to to talk uh, wow. talk about and i got to tell a few pirate jokes it's really it could be everything you wanted uh, <laughs> it was it was fun so
0: yeah. yeah you don't you don't hear too much discussion in the catholic world about humor
1: per se you know it can be a very difficult thing to be honest to to use because humor a the the real challenge is there's no such thing as a universal joke there's not <laughs> nothing that's going to be funny to absolutely everyone mm. And sometimes, honestly, it is inappropriate to use humor. Like, if I'm a reporter and I'm writing about a parish closing or something like that, it's not really going to be appropriate. It's going to be more considered, you know, hurtful in some by some to to try to work, you know, humor or a joke or something in there, uh, levity. It's not always appropriate. But the reality is, there are opportunities to use humor and and to personalize because humor actually helps us form a connection with one another. When I tell a joke, you know, in, in a room, I'm revealing a little bit about myself and I'm learning what the people that I'm talking to, what they find, you know, entertaining. I'm uh, learning about what they know, uh, because jokes and and humor actually require a respect for the intelligence of your listener. So, I mean, there's a, there's a lot going on Mm. uh, with humor and, and, um, I yeah,
0: there's I, a science behind that too. I know with Jennifer yeah. Fulweiler with her comedy mm-hmm. uh, show that she's doing in the comedy tour that she's on. There's like timing and yep. and there there's certain inflections. I mean, it's like a, a whole f- science or thought process behind. It's not like I'll oh, go up there and tell a bunch of jokes. I mean, there's a there's a real there's a rhythm and a flow mm-hmm. and a, a reading the room. Yeah, reading the exactly. and, yeah, and exactly. every
1: you can use the exact same setups and, and lines and have your have your joke kind of I tell this joke, I tell this joke but any given night in any given room the audience is going to respond in a different way and mm-hmm. people who employ comedy the best the best comedians are those who form an incredible bond with the audience that's in front of them right here right now in this moment and it will never be recreated because the next audience will be different. Yeah, that's true and, and the thing that I spoke about with humor also has to do with there's a togetherness, a community that's formed that is incarnational. Um, we go to see a comedian, even though we could watch them on Netflix mm-hmm. but I'm still going to want to go see that comedian when when she comes to town you know um, and that's of course, we talk all the time. The incarnation is the single most important aspect of our faith. Christ Jesus who though he was in the form of god emptied himself and took the form of uh, and became one of us right this is the emptying of himself and um and the incarnation is important and being together is important so I, like i say i was here in portland at the catholic media conference this was our first time back together uh, uh since the pandemic so the yeah. last time was in 2019 for uh we were out in st petersburg doing the the Catholic media conference there. And at that time they announced next year we'll be in Portland. Well, 2020 came and (laughs) Portland didn't happen. Right. Uh, And uh, a very good friend of mine uh, in Portland, the editor of the Catholic Sentinel, Ed Langlois, he actually uh, in St. Petersburg, he asked me to speak on humor at the portland conference so i had three years to work on this (laughs) talk, and i finished the talk at 2 a.m the very day i delivered it oh wow (laughs) so uh you know i i marinated in comedy for three years and and uh, the audience got a great uh uh the fruit of that marination i guess but it was a lot of fun and so good to be back in person uh as we've said so often like right now it's so good to be in person and to celebrate and be able to hug and shake hands and pray directly with our friends. And so that was, that's a really long introduction to yeah, why yeah, the, the, we are in Spirit. person here right yeah. now <laughs> uh, in, the, in the studio. Well,
0: you know, I mean, thinking about the, um, the, the way the Holy Spirit manifests himself, you know, and, and thinking about what you just said, I mean, I, I think of very much what I do speaking wise as a musician. I really do. I, I mean, that's the one analogy I think that fits absolutely perfectly. You know, like I I'm, i don't write music, but I write talks mm-hmm. and I think I approach that the same way as as music. I think about my audience. I think about if I were sitting out there, how would I want to hear this? You know what? You know, I, I craft it in a certain way. And then when I'm out there, just like, you know, you're in front of people, I may be giving the same talk. You know, but if it's a different parish, different group of people, it's not this. It's never the same talk, right? You know, because I, I allow room for the Holy Spirit to work. So I may be making a point, and literally, the Holy Spirit will say, "Stay." And I have my my outline, right? Mm-hmm. Then in, instead of going to my next point, stay right here, elaborate on this. I mean, just like elaborate on this further, and then always someone will come to me and says, "Oh my goodness, that is exactly what I needed to hear tonight." Right. I mean, I was hoping and that was exactly I mean, I, I really felt like you were talking to me. Right. I mean, and it, that's that's listening to the Holy Spirit. Yep. You know, work and, and and allowing room for that to happen, you know, and meeting the needs of people that are, even though you didn't know that was a need for someone God knew. Yep. And use you imperfect as we are as vehicles to bring somebody to a deeper intimacy with him.
1: You know, reading the room. Making yeah. connection,
0: yeah, yeah. The Holy Spirit helps to do that. And what we've been talking about uh, is how the Holy Spirit reveals Himself. And we looked at the scriptural images of fire uh, mm-hmm. last time, you know. Yeah. And, and so now we want to talk about wind. And when we think about the Old Testament. The one that comes to me is when God was passing by, and, and of course, you can't look on the face of God and live, right? Right. So first, there was an earthquake. You know, God wasn't in the earthquake. And there was a massive fire. God was in the fire but then there was a still whispering sound and then who was it who was it again was that is it Ezekiel Ezekiel covered his face and and the Lord passed by the still whispering sound not in the noise not in the the hubbble blue but in that still whispering sound that to me presence of the Holy Spirit there yeah. you know showed the presence of God in that moment. So that that wind that not not not, not in the turbulence, but in that that whist that that silence that that whispering and that's how the Holy Spirit manifests Himself, you know uh, it could be, you know like a hurricane force wind like in the Pentecost right? The right, wind came
1: in and rocked the room, and Boom. caught a, and called everybody's attention to something's going on here, which is why all the rest of the people were gathered outside the upper room. Yes, because they heard the wind. That's right. That's yeah. right.
0: Or it could be like the the blessed mother. The the she was overshadowed mm-hmm. by episkatzo in Greek, which is the same word they use for um, in the Old Testament for the the shikana, the glory cloud, yeah, going over the, the ark of the covenant. Uh-huh. It's it, it's the same word in the Septuagint. Episkatzo. It's the same word for overshadowing. So the Holy Spirit could come that way, kind of a gentle uh, flowing, or it could be that that wind. Yeah, you know, very powerful imagery of of the Holy Spirit.
1: Of course, wind is something that you can't see, but you can see the effects of.
0: Yeah, that's right. And so,
1: you know, uh, we get this warning, you know, pops up on my phone, there's gonna be high wind advisory. And what do we do? We go and we protect anything that might be blown away, you know, but we're never gonna see the wind itself, we're going to see only its effects. The Holy Spirit is that way. Except for those tongues of flame at Pentecost, we don't see the Holy Spirit. You know, I guess we also see the dove descending at the baptism of the Lord in the Jordan. Yeah. But yep. those are the only two kind of visible images that we can think of, that I can think of right now as as being visible. But the wind, we see the effects. And that's, of course, what does the, the wind of the Holy Spirit do at Pentecost? But it impels, it actually blows the apostles out the door, right? Because they then go out to do what Christ had said, go and make disciples of all nations. Mm-hmm. And so the wind is is
0: off limit. I think about that when I'm flying too, right? And the turbulence. You look out the window, ain't nothing out there. Nope. But clouds. No.
1: And the only thing I can see is my stomach in my throat
0: (laughs) at that moment. (laughs) Yeah. You know, sometimes I think, oh it's just that's just the Holy Spirit making his presence known. And sometimes, okay, Holy (laughs) Spirit, we get we get it now. (laughs) It's enough. (laughs) Stop rocking the plane now. My attention is here, Lord.
1: (laughs) I love it. So then maybe another image of the Holy Spirit, and I kind of may have actually told you the punchline. We have the image, of course, of the dove at the baptism of the Lord, Uh, Mark chapter one. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens opened and the spirit descending upon him like a dove. Oftentimes, of course, we think of the the dove as the symbol of peace, right? I mean, this is the the dove with the with the olive branch in its in its beak is an image of peace. Uh, so, and and it's a universal image, kind of in secular culture as well as within the church. Um, but when we see the dove the dove we we think of the Holy Spirit and we think of the love of the Father and the Son. Because that is what's represented, particularly at the baptiz- baptism of the Lord, is the Spirit is descending. That's the love of the Father coming to the Son, and of course, the Spirit is the fruit of the love of the Father for the Son and the Son for the Father. Yeah, um, you know, be,
0: and I think that image of the Holy Spirit it's just be at peace. Mm-hmm. You know, often in adoration, you know, you're you're struggling and you're trying. Okay, what what direction is God supposed to be leading me? What am I supposed to be doing right now? And all, and you just have and when you think about okay, this or this, what is God calling me to? Often it's a sense of peace. Yeah. That you know when when you think about okay, what about this? Well, it's not exactly what I want to do, but you have a t- tremendous sense of peace, kind of like um, um, Saint Ignatius Loyola, right? When when he was thinking about the, the when he was reading stuff about the battles and wars and heroes and generals, he'd feel one way, but then he started reading the lives of the saints. <laughs> he he felt, felt this tremendous sense of peace. In fact, he was, then he started preferring right. reading the lives of the saints over the battles and victories of generals and things like and that. He
1: was a soldier.
0: I mean, and he that's was a his soldier. natural
1: stuff. Yeah. yeah.
0: But he was drawn and attracted to, some, to the thing that gave him peace. Yeah. And so I think that's often a sign of the Holy spirit as a dove in our lives. When we're trying to make important decisions about directions we want to go in our life or a decision we have to make, the sense of peace that that dove, I think that's the, that's a beautiful side of the Holy Spirit saying, going, this is what God wants you to do." Right, be you know? at peace. Yeah. Again, is because you people struggle. I get this asked all the time. How do you know if it's your will or if it's God's will? How, how, how do I know which one? You know, I could see myself doing both. Which one? You see? Mm-hmm. And how? And that's a that's a great question. How do you discern that? And often, when you think about what you could be doing, what your life would be like in these situations. It's often the one that gives you a sense of peace. Yeah. Even though it may not be your first choice of what you think you something. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. But, right. but there's a sense of peace that you go with that. You go with that because even you think ah, oh, I'm not sure, but gosh, whenever I think I have this tremendous sense of peace, that's why I say go that's for the it. One, yeah. Yep.
1: You know, doves also, there's a wonderful phrase in the Psalms that talks about you know i lie on my bed and i moan like a dove you know doves have uh are also an image of compassion so the holy spirit as a dove also represents very much the compassion of our god you know to suffer with is what compassion means passio to suffer and cum with so it's jesus's baptism that begins his ministry and his ministry was to show the compassion of God, to bind the wounds, to heal the broken hearted, you know, to uh, bring sight to the blind. Um, and this is the compassion of God. So the dove really represents this this mission of compassion as well.
0: Yeah, that's a great point because on the crucifix that I wear when I'm traveling, um, and people have been pointing it out is it's a it's a one piece crucifix. But it has the, fa- Jesus, obviously Jesus on the cross, right? Right. But then there's the father kind of helping, holding up his son's arms. Yes. You know, and then, and then the dove. So yeah. it's the Trinity.
1: I love you that know? crucifix. Yes.
0: Yeah. And, and, and again, there's the compassion, there's the mercy. Right. And I think that the dove beautifully reflects
1: that in that crucifix. Yeah. That was the crucifix that I had at the end of my rosary as a Dominican on my habit. Oh, excellent. And so I have it hanging actually in my, in my home office. Uh, Yeah. It's the, the Trinity is love. I mean, right. God is love and it's their love for one another. The father for the son, the son for the father that generates the Holy spirit and so, yeah, the Spirit's there in the center between them, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, um, There's an aspect, Deacon, of of the Holy Spirit. We know the Holy Spirit gives us the words we need to pray. And I'm thinking a lot about prayer in the Holy Spirit, particularly in Eucharistic adoration. And how, you know, you mentioned the Holy Spirit overshadowed Our Lady in that same word that the the cloud of God's presence overshadowed the Ark of the Covenant. Our Lady is the new, the Ark of the New Covenant. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she pondered all of these things in her heart. You know, she then enters into contemplation for the for the rest of her life. You know, in, in contemplating various, uh, you know, the the mysteries of the incarnation, the mysteries of Christ's own mission. Um, she, however, has this wonderful title uh, as the spouse of the Holy Spirit. You know, and I think about the tabernacle in our churches, the tabernacles in our chapels as being images of our lady, the spouse of the Holy Spirit. I don't know. If yeah, we- I love that.
0: And 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 when you go into adoration, you're entering into that contemplative space. Yeah. You know, in a sense, you're entering into Mary's heart, mm-hmm. if you will. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I know for me, when my mom died, that's exactly what adoration was. You know, and the scripture that came to me was a presentation, you know, with Simeon. This child is destined for the fall and the rise of many assigned to be spoken against. And the sword shall pierce your own soul so that the thoughts of many hearts may be laid there. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's, I mean, a wonderful image of adoration entering into that space where you lay your heart next to Mary's immaculate heart. Right. By contemplating Jesus right there, present body, blood, soul, divinity in the Eucharist. Mm hmm. You know, and that was transformative for me um, in in helping me cope with the death of my mom, you know, Um, because Mary understands that kind of pain. You know, Um, again, it's not just a matter of losing someone that you love. I lost someone I was physically part of. Right. Right. I mean, I came out of my mother. Right. Jesus came out of his mother. Mary understands that relationship. Yeah. And so uh, I went to her in adoration through through Jesus you know, and um, it was uh, it was powerful. You know, it was really, in a sense, transformative for me. Did it bring peace? It, it did, actually. I yeah. I was struggling, you know, because my mom and I, uh, the four of us kids were very close because of the situation with my dad. And my mom lived here in Portland with me for the last three years, took her to Immaculate Heart. And, you know, she was part of our community, you know, yeah. obviously part of our family. Kids got a chance to know their grandma and stuff. And, and uh, even though she was permanently disabled by then, you know she uh just it was such a blessing to have her here yeah you know and uh it's it's uh and so when i lost her then you know how the loss you know and, and just going to mary through jesus was a uh was a powerful way and and again why is adoration so important you know psalm 46 verse 11 says be still and know that i am god mm-hmm. right and we talked about this before the word yaudah in hebrew means not, not um factual knowledge, but knowledge that's gained by experience, right? So you have to experience something in order to know it. That's often a word they use for intercourse between a husband and a wife. Sure. He knew her, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you can translate that, be still and experience God, right? Experience in the stillness, in the silence, in the quiet, because th- that, that's when your spirit is connecting with the Holy Spirit, right? And then you can really listen now with your heart, not with your ears, but what St. Benedict called the arm cordis, the ear of the heart. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Yeah.
1: We have entered into a year of, well, this is year one of the Eucharistic renewal here within the church in America, uh, kicked off on Corpus Christi Sunday uh, uh, last June. And we've, we talk often here about the importance of adoration and our love for the Eucharist. And of course we had a wonderful, you know, we read together the document uh, of the conference of bishops on, on having the Eucharist that we celebrate be a reflection of our lived faith, that Eucharistic coherence, right? We are a people who not only believe and profess, but act in accordance with the great gift that we receive at the altar. Um, but, adoration I, th- we're going to take it we're going to just go there again as we always do is adoration is your chance to be in the presence to sit in the presence of the Lord Jesus and filled with the holy spirit who will give you the words to pray um and to enter into this moment as you say of contemplation and uh and so that you too can experience the peace of Christ which which is in our hearts um, as St. Paul says, have no anxiety about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which passes all understanding will keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus.
0: Yes. Amen. And you know, for some people, adoration may be uncomfortable, mm-hmm. you know, because they're, they're not used to <laughs> being silent. I mean, right. You know, so they, they go in there and they're sitting there, and they're like, okay, what do I do now? I do and, now. And don't hmm. worry about reading or just, just sit there and be said, Lord, I'm here. You know, uh, you know, Deacon Harold and Ken said this was the place to be. <laughs> so I'm here, you know, now what? Yep. It's up to you, guys. Just sit there and, and listen. And yeah. So, so you may be distracted by your thoughts and things like that. Just offer that. That's your offering. Your worry or what's going on, with your job, or what's going on with your kids, whatever. That's your, that's your offering. During, exactly. during your adoration time, it's okay. You know, just share that with God. Just open your mind and just let it out, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, uh, and, and allow God to, I mean, he under, obviously he knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows
1: everything he knows that's going on already. He knows what you're going to ask before you ask it.
0: Right. If it's a conversation though, right. And right. In your conversation is just blah, just dumping it, just uh, letting it all out. And just, uh, and you may leave there, maybe not with an answer the first day, right? But at least you make, with a sense, okay. God understands, or okay, I was able to get this out, and okay, now it's I don't. It's not just me dealing with this now, you know. God, <laughs> you know, I, I gave right. this to God too, you know. So, so you you will leave with a, some sense of comfort, you know. If maybe not peace it's not like it's not magic, right? Not a panacea. One time, and all of a sudden, everything's fixed, you know. It takes, it's it's like a relationship has to be fostered and nurtured, yeah. and the more you go, the more comfortable you get. And the more open your heart will be to whatever God has in store for you.
1: Yeah, Amen. At our parish, we had adoration Thursdays, and uh, we stopped it on Holy Thursday because you know Holy Thursday is itself it uh, you know the beginning of of the Triduum, and and uh, we're looking forward to reinstating it because uh, here in in the next couple of weeks, and uh, and we're bringing it back partly because of this this wonderful everybody misses it. And that's, that's when, you know, you're doing something right when sure it's uncomfortable as can be at first, but then when you start to miss adoration, you know, you're on the right track. That's the Holy spirit tugging at you. That's the Holy spirit inviting you to come and sit in his presence. So we're really excited about that. You know, um, adoration is a wonderful opportunity because it's in the physical presence of the Lord. And, you know, as, as. You have said before, you're also sitting in the presence of some, of somebody you love yeah. and somebody who loves you.
0: Exactly. I mean, it, it, cause yeah, that's the, the, sometimes I hear from people, well, you can pray anywhere. What difference does adoration make? I said, you know, and I, I could talk to my wife from anywhere, <laughs> right. Right? right? But, but I'd rather be with her because isn't it always better to be in the presence of the
1: person that you love when you're talking to them? Yes. That's adoration. Absolutely. <laughs> well, and you know? yeah, you're in the physical presence of Jesus yes. Christ. Yeah. And just as, as you say, you know, conversations are better when we're face to face. This conversation we're having right now on this radio show is better because you and I are in the exact same physical studio. It's better. We could have the same convo over Zoom as we've done as we usually do, but I'm enjoying this even more. Show 350 could be the best show we've ever recorded. I'm not going (laughs) to lie to you because we're together in the presence of the lord who's in the chapel below us you know i mean and we're in person it's love yes that's it
0: and and that's why everybody should go to adoration amen and why do i have time i don't have time well let's see 168 hours in a week you don't have one hour right. <laughs> what i mean one hour right or break it up thirty minutes whatever i mean right. come on you, see, you make time for things in life that are important to you amen you know um and, and so if this, if adoration is important, you will make the time for it, you know, and and it, and it is important and we should make the time for it. And I I crave it. I mean, I, I love adoration. I love that, that time and that space and, and being able to, to be heart to heart with God. Yeah. You
1: and know? you've mentioned before when you, even when you're traveling, you, you make this part of your, yes. your routine.
0: Yes, absolutely. I said, take me to Adoration. Well, we don't have Adoration in our parish. I didn't say that. I said, take me to Adoration. You take me someplace <laughs> that has Adoration. You know, that's the key.
1: Fantastic. Well, Deacon, this has been a marvelous conversation, but as is our custom, we've come to the end of our time together tonight. But um, when we pick up our conversation next week, uh, more on the Holy Spirit, let's talk about where we encounter the Holy Spirit uh, in our profession of faith. How about we do that? That sounds good. Love it. Fantastic. Well, in the meantime, you can download previous episodes of the show at MaterDeiRadio.com and you can connect with us on our Facebook page where we are still taking suggestions for where you'd like to go on pilgrimage with Deacon Harold and your obedient servant, Uncle Ken here. <laughs> uh, you can connect with us on Facebook. Just search for Living Stones Media. Till we gather next week, Deacon, might we have a blessing? May Almighty God bless you and keep you the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. We'll see you next week here on Living Stones. You've been listening to Living
0: Stones with Ken Helanius and Deacon Harold Burke Sivers. Living Stones is produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio in Portland, Oregon. For more information about this show, go to MaterDayRadio.com. That's M-A-T-E-R-D-E-I Radio.com.